What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by Nate. Nate, how's Pretty it going, good. brother? Pretty good. Good to hear you again. Yeah, we're having a good afternoon recording this one, and we have a couple guests this week. We have your awesome wife, yep. Jen. Hello. And also, <laughs> hello. And also, we have Jessica Miller of Garden View Farm Dairy Goats. Uh, how's it going, it's Jessica? Going well. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, happy to have you guys on here. And this was actually kind of a dare to get you guys on this one. So I'm uh, happy that it came into fruition. <laughs> so I'll be the judge. Of that one. <laughs> <laughs> so usually we say what's going on on the farm, but we can hold that off until the next time. Uh, the only thing that I do know that's going on on your guys' farms is the Funks, Jen and Nate, are getting ready for kidding season. What's that, tomorrow or next week? Um, we're planning for Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday, okay. And we'll get into how you plan for that on this uh, topic that we have this week. Uh, also, Jessica is in the throes of kidding season. By I say throws, I mean... She's kidding out about what? What do you have? A million goats? A million. Now? million. <laughs> you have a million. Okay. So, <laughs> how many have you had kids um, so far? We had thirteen kid. Um, in it was about three or four days. Um, and we have thirty little babies running around, and we're actually at fifteen does and fifteen bucks right now. So it's kind of crazy how that works. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I only bred four, so I'm hoping that I have a little bit better odds than that. He, he bred four due in March. Yeah. He's waiting for well, listen, the it, snowflake possibility it's, it's, to leave. You know, we're all dealing with what? inches and feet of snow, and he's got you know the snowflake possibility. Well, as we all know, my wife Tierney is a planner, and we have figured out through our uh, years of growing up that March in our area uh, calls for very little snow, mostly none at all, and that's why we do it. <laughs> it's ten degrees right now, guys. Yeah, you never have. We've got like a foot and a half here, and you've got no snow, right? Yeah, uh, we're supposed to get some on Monday though, so you never. Oh, know. How much? Uh, I haven't looked because it was that insignificant. <laughs> Jessica, how much do you have? Um. Do you want to know the drifts or <laughs> we have anywhere from like a feet to two feet just because of some of we live on a hill. So we get a lot of drifting. Now, for those of our listeners who don't know, Jessica lives in the uh, in the shadow of the Lake of Peck Belt of the Ontario Erie Lakes. And uh, she lives in western New York. Western. Folks. Yeah. And <laughs> some of us just simply refer to it as Ohio. Um, <laughs> they enjoy their buffalo wings where she's from. Yes. Um, so, so she gets plenty on. of snow. Pause. Fourteen ten. Okay. We, we lost, lost Jessica. Fourteen ten. Yep. You want me to message that? Yep. Yes, please. Darn it, Jessica. <laughs> I think she got mad at you. You know what? I'm not, I'm yeah, not right? picking on her about a feet to two feet. It's, and... it's Jen's fault. 
wondering. I'm sorry. Mm. Oh, Jen what did you? And it threw you off. Well, I can't, apparently I can't go anywhere, so I'm stuck in, stuck in here. I have oh, a okay. foot, a oh, foot oh. to two feet. <laughs> a foot to feet, two and feet. Okay. Foot to two feet. And you, so you're out okay, in Freedom, New York, which is out in Western New York, kind of in the shadow there. Yep. Yeah, we get um, we're right on the tip of um, Lake Effect from Erie and Ontario, so usually we get. Uh, quite a bit of snow and then like i said we live on a hill so it just it's just like a wind tunnel usually all winter long now just just yeah that sounds yeah. terrible <laughs> now jessica our many of our listeners don't really know you um tell us a little bit about garden view farms so we started out with a few nigerians and i realized that we wanted to be a performance home so I ended up selling all of our original stock um and I'm a data hound so I kind of did a lot of research and um got stock from all over the country and then I became obsessed I'm kind of competitive so um I wanted to get La Mancha so we could kind of um be more competitive with like some of the other herds and plus I wanted some of the standard breeders to kind of respect Nigerian breeders so that they kind of know like, okay, this person can also be competitive in other breeds. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah, I can see that. Cause sometimes standard breeder breeders uh, kind of knock on Nigerian breeders a little, a little bit. bit. Um, so I totally, I totally yeah. get that and, for sure. And then, um, so going to shows and stuff, I noticed that the recorded grades were having a difficult time sanctioning. And me being I'm an empath by nature, I guess I would say, I'm like, you know what, if I got a couple of recorded grades, maybe I could help them out. And, you know, and so it kind of worked out because um, I got a Nubian La Mancha and then we ha have a La Mancha buck. So I can eventually get to the um, La Mancha um, American, American. Um, registration. And then um, and, and the same thing kind of happened with the Overhosley is that I noticed that some of the shows, they were kind of lacking. So I'm like, you know what, if I got some Overhosley too you know, it would help them out. And, you know, I love Overhosley. They're just, I, I mean, Chamoise or Bay with black markings is probably. <laughs> well, that's what it is, Probably it's, I just think it's really attractive as far as like when you see them walking around the ring. Um, so I got them as well. And the only difficulty at this point is like multiple ring shows. It's it's like a chicken with my head cut off trying to make sure make it to mm -hmm. every on time. And yeah, that was one thing that I'm like very particular about is making sure that my goats are there and that the ring, you know, that that my the show isn't delayed because my goats are in the ring. Right. So it right. it makes it exciting, mm. but definitely there's like no time. No downtime at all for multiple ring shows. So, so we, yeah, we try to be competitive, sure. and um, you know, I try to to breed for um, show correct. And then, as far as the Nigerians go, um, I want them to be productive 
Um, so I've kind of selected uh, breeds or um, lines that are more productive and then um, essentially taking those lines and trying to make them um, confirmationally correct. So it's been fun. It's a lot of work, but we all enjoy it. And honestly, like baby goats are like the best. So it's worth it. <laughs> well, I was saying recently you posted that video, I think, of your kid goats on a fresh bedding of shavings. Yeah. I think somebody uh, posted that in another group as, you know, somebody had posted a picture of a Nigerian jumping in pajamas and going, this is oh so cute. And then someone said, oh, and check out this, this herd here and posted your video or shared your video of your little Nigerians just playing in the fresh shavings that you put down. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah, quite the infestation. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah put definitely. On there. It's like, they're <laughs> like little miniature. I mean, obviously Nigerians are miniature, but a 30 little tiny baby Nigerians is just a different level of miniature. It's just, it's so fun. And then... um what I was saying with like the shavings, like the crunchiness of the shavings, they just love that extra little sound. So it was just, they just loved running back and forth in it. So usually what I do is I'll put new shavings down like every night and then I'll sit there and I'll just watch them. And I'm like, you know what? I need to share this with people because you know people need to see this right now, like this happiness. And I know, I know that it's going to bring happiness to other people. So you know, that's, that's why I did it. I was yeah. like, I need to get a video of this because it's just adorable. <laughs> who, who can argue that baby goats are the <laughs> bundle of happiness? And you know, I mean. It's like, I want, I know it's silly to breed them all year, but who doesn't want to have baby goats like all year? Like, they're just that much fun. I actually, I did, I did breathe yeah. a sigh of relief in June when my last <laughs> go freshened. Uh, I, I think Jen would agree with me that when she was when we were done with kidding season, it was a sigh of relief, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> the trick is to breed six and have them all done in a month's time, and then you're wait good. Till next, John. Or wait till next. You could breed forty like something and yeah. have it spread out from January to May. That's fun. <laughs> Watch, well, I, I really appreciate my wife and, and watch, our marriage. It's going to come in heat in like August. <laughs> and you're going to have to breed her or, or something's going to happen and, and you're going to breed her. And you're going to have it a senior. Your... You got to have a you got to have a little bit of restraint when it comes to breeding goats, and I definitely showed some restraint with Mary Mac this year. So I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> uh, but we do have uh, we do have some news this yeah, week yeah. that I want to touch on before we get to our main topic, and it's some big news. But we're not going to hang on it very long, there, Nate. Now, folks, this episode is probably going to be called the Adult <laughs> Beverages Night. Um, just so you know, uh, we're 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 a bunch of friends talking goats and. It's Saturday night. So, with that said, active news this week. <laughs> oh, yep. LA. Uh, linear, yeah, linear appraisal uh, proposal ballots have been sent out uh, to be voted on by the board. Um, and it was pretty interesting to read that proposal. Uh, 
quick synopsis. What did you okay, think? Okay, so Nate? quickly, my first thought was, oh my goodness, the, the price jump was like. Initially, I thought, wow, that's crazy. Um, because if you do three fifty by twenty five doughs, you end up with about fourteen fifty. I think it is, it is what we got. Um, but if you have it's to encourage more animals per stop. So once you get beyond mm. the first 25 does, you drop to 950 per animal, and they av- they don't drop the 29 to 950 for the first 25, but the second set is 950, and then after 50 animals, mm. it drops to 650 for the ones after 50. Um, yeah. The example they gave in the proposal was if you had 51 animals, um. If you do the math, it ends up being that it's ne- it's eleven dollars per animal for everybody who goes, mm-hmm. um, which is a jump up from eight fifty. But but it was definitely a price increase that needed. But it's to one happen. exactly. It's one that needed to happen. The other thing that they did is they in, in, they're proposing. Um, I don't know how to word it other than kind of like a penalty for not having your animals ready. If you're doing less than eight animals per hour, the uh, appraiser has the opportunity to say there was unjustified reason for a delay in appraising and charge you another $30 per hour. Um, Right. So I'm curious, as we have a bunch of different breeders on this podcast today, uh, I personally don't see a problem with my herd with taking them to a spot and and getting them linear appraised, and they tell me how much and fine, right? I just, it doesn't matter to me. Um, Now, Jessica, you're freshening 40 plus. How do you um, feel about that? Well, like that? I said, I'm a data hound, so I feel that the information you get from LA is invaluable. Um, so mm-hmm. personally, I'm willing to pay whatever they're suggesting. Um, like I said, I I think it's it's invaluable to see, you know, like I can see my own animal, but it's kind of like a, another view. Um, and then it's an also a view that other people can see because I can tell you up and down that my animals, you know, are, are <laughs> this, this, and this, but to have it documented is nice. Um, and it helps, it right. helps with promoting your herd and, um, and helps select like, if this is what I'm breeding for, you know, different perspective, mm-hmm. it's a different perspective from shows. It's, it's not comparing because like with shows you're comparing your animal to other animals so if i bring an animal we'll say thelma to one show um and she's grand champion i bring her to another show and she's last place so that to me means like maybe the quality of the animals at the show are not consistent so it's a a -hmm. way to kind of show an animal compared to other animals all other animals not just whomever is presented on the day Exactly. Right. So it basically exactly. is your animal against itself versus the right. type of the breed yep. and, and I mean, dairy. It's be a little bit of um, uh, subjectiveness. I don't know if that's the word. If it's going to be a little bit subjective to the appraiser, I know that they have a standard, but 
you know, there's always going to be a plus or minus a little bit here and there, depending on the animal, depending on the day, right. depending on how the animal sense. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so there's always going to be some flux there, but it's still valuable information. And it's, you know, I, I would feel very fortunate to have them, you know, pick our area to LA. And like I said, I'd, if, even if it was more, I'd pay it because it's, it's just an invaluable program that, that we all need, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And, uh, Jen and Nate, how do you guys feel about, with freshening 18, I believe this year, is it going to affect what, if you're going to participate in linear appraisal or are you going to just send it? No, it's, it's not going to affect it this year. <laughs> we will still plan on appraising if we're able to. Um, we, we weren't able to last right. year and um, we didn't go to national show either. Well, that was canceled too, obviously. But um, mm-hmm. no, we're, we're planning on doing it if we're able to. Right. I think, I think the, Probably the biggest uh, mar on this proposal is maybe for bigger dairies that do linear appraisal might have an issue with it just because of the pricing. But honestly, I mean, it did jump up in price, but it was it's it's been needed for a long time. So I think it's a good thing. Um, We're going to move on. Uh, The NG system for ADGA has been delayed a month. So you can still send in your registrations and any paperwork to ADCA to get uh, processed. And yeah, you have a month until they shut down the website, hopefully, uh, and get it running in a week from that. Yeah, and on that, I I don't know. Uh, Part of me says that's it's a bad time of year for it, obviously. You know, people Mm -hmm. are selling kids and trying to get things shipped and, you know, with a scrapies program, you need to have that register registration paper tied to that tattoo in order for the mm-hmm. scrapies program to work with the tattoo existing. Uh, at the same time, um, I don't see that it's going to be a few weeks. So somebody is worried. <laughs> that would be me. I'm sorry, okay. folks. I thought it was me. I was trying to be. I was trying to be quiet. Sorry. Go ahead. What are we making? Just a little bit more. Jack and, uh, Coke? Jack and Coke. Um. Anyway, so uh, I, I think that uh, I do think that with the NG system, you know, they're, they're going to take the the online services down for a bit. We're able to mm-hmm. register up until that point. Mm, well, hold no, on. no. So no. So it's going to be basically how they rolled out this month. So if it was if it was shut down this month, like say it was shut down right now, it's going to be the exact same way next month. Remember, they sent out that memo a day late and dollar short that you need to send in any information, you know, any registrations or anything that needs to be processed at a certain date before they stop work right. and but start working on point, the system. Though, they're going to have a stop work date. And you, mm-hmm. up to that point, you can register. Yeah. And then there's going to be that blackout period. You can't register right. anything until. Um, I know a number of readers who are trying to figure out how to deal with that. And really, I, I don't have any an- answers. Um no, it's, it's just kind of a wait and 
I have a feeling people are going to be sitting on yeah. kids. Well, honestly, a week. So, I mean, being uh, a programmer, I, I I can kind of relate. You know, if there's errors, they don't want to roll it out. I mean, it's smart to wait. But um, I think there's mm-hmm. other people have commented that a week having it down is a little bit crazy for data transfer um usually it's kind of seamless happening on weekends um but i think that uh i think uh john i saw you commenting about people printing out registrations so you know they can always just send them in it's hopefully it'll only be down a week and it can continue on registering after that um i think that from what i understand isn't the online registration in pretty much instantaneous like they re- you register it and it prints it out and they email it or mail it so i mean maybe it won't be as as um as detrimental as it seems i mean we stick optimistically yeah when when you do it online uh they still double check the registration uh they don't so when it prints out or when they get the I'm, I'm assuming it's probably like an email or some kind of notification. They open it up, they double check it real quick, and then they do it. And I and I know that they double check it because last year I had a doe who uh, the system let me register her as American, but once the, it printed out, they looked at her granddam's uh, registration and saw that she was non-conforming because of the way the wording was on the pedigree. So then they uh, sent me an email, or no, they just sent me the registration, and she was so experimental. So a little bit of check and balance. So, right, right. Um, now, if they do it with every single one, I'm not sure, but they did it, certainly did it with that one. Uh, now, the other part of that NG system going live is once that goes live, Guernseys are able to right. be registered through ADGA. Uh, the herd book then is opened. And you can start registering your Guernseys with them. Uh, because of this delay, it seems that a proposal a proposal was made to allow Guernseys to be shown with stamped duplicates, meaning that you can still send in that paperwork and get a stamped duplicate from the office while that's that down. A- now, the one thing that makes me the one thing that makes me a little skeptic about this is how long are they planning for the system to be down that they've already pushed right. this? The question, though, is, <laughs> is the proposal for the Guernseys official? I know that I've heard of a few directors have uh, said they would support it, but is it officially been mm-hmm. No. Uh, from what I saw on District 3's pages, it looked like an official note from correspondence between the board members. I think it was a proposal. Members. It was for, out for ballot, or out for voting or whatever right ballot out okay. right right postal, okay. postal ballot so i mean yeah so i mean that's good for the guernsey breeders they definitely deserve it and hopefully the system's not down yeah, forever <laughs> i found a way, minor thing. a way around having to mail in registration if you have money in your account you can always mail them mm-hmm email Adga and then they'll process it. So instead of having to just um, 
email the registration. Like if you fill out a paper form and email it, it gets there a little faster. Right. Yeah. I, once the system's down though, they can't add anything or take away anything from the new system. So once it's down, down, no, yeah, nothing can be done. Yeah. Yes. yes. As you know. Yeah. As you know. Uh, so that's the, that's really the big news for the week with ADGA and I'm sure, I think next week we have a guest, uh, but after that, I'm sure we'll touch on it a little bit more and we'll, we should know a lot more by then. Uh, we do have a topic for the week and what's that? Name? Well, Hey folks, um, here at Half Run Farm, we're into kidding season <laughs> and getting ready for kidding season. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we, that's why I brought Jen and Jessica. I know here on Half, you know, with us, Jen is my go-to person for, you know, kidding season knowledge. And <laughs> if she doesn't know it, mm-hmm. we contact Jessica. Um, so we figured, why not get them both on, uh, on the podcast? Yeah, I mean, we have them on retainer, right? We're always talking to Jen and Jessica, so we figured they're the pros. One other reason is we're constantly, (laughs) lately, we've been mentioning Jessica in a lot of our comments on the podcast. (laughs) So we thought it might be good to finally introduce Jessica to the rest of our listeners about who Jessica Miller really is. <laughs> and uh, if if they're looking for that answer, it's quite simple. She kids out forty plus kids. Uh-huh. Jessica Miller is crazy, but we love her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we love her, but she's a little nuts. Uh, so, w- with those forty plus goats kidding, I'm assuming every season. I don't know. I don't remember how many you, you had kid out last year, but you know a thing or two about kidding season. Uh, and to go through the list, the first thing is what's in everybody's kidding box? You know, all the supplies that you have getting ready for kidding season. And last year, it wasn't as many. It's kind of escalated a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the, I have a list. This is my list um, of my birthing kit. And um, so I damn raise mostly so it's kind of good to have jen and nate on um well jen on as well because um they bottle raise so i may have some things in my kit that they may not have um and and vice versa Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, by the way guys just so you know um i'm here too and i (laughs) okay let's go (laughs) 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 so what what kind of (laughs) what kind of supplies do you keep in your box probably so i'm just gonna go down through the list and then um so i have iodine mm-hmm. i have a container to put the iodine in okay. um and that's to dip the umbilical oh. um i have dental Perfect. floss and i also have umbilical clamps so dental floss sometimes i've noticed that umbilicals not, might not um like pinch off enough and it's kind of bleeding a little bit out of the umbilical. If there's enough tissue there, then I'll tie dental floss on it. Uh, if there's not a lot of tissue mm-hmm. there, then I bought um, umbilical clamps, I believe from Hamby supply. And those are nice because you can get right up um, next to the, the body to clamp them off. And then I'll just leave them there for a little while um, and then remove them after and check and make sure that they've kind of sealed off. Um, 
it what's yeah. a little while um, for that? it's not that usually like by the time i'm done um with kidding so maybe 20 minutes i'll check it um and okay. see if if there's no bleeding okay. and then i'll i usually put them on like a puppy pad so i can check and make sure that there's no um continued bleeding um i kind of have ptsd mm-hmm. i had one kid um almost bleed out on me and i didn't realize it right away so um i'm always like ocd about checking their umbilicals um i have scissors um scissors used to um cut umbilical cords if they're way too long uh, i keep a kid puller i haven't okay. had to use it but you never know um I used to have chains and Tierney hid them because I always threatened that I was going to bring them to the hospital when she was giving birth. So I have to figure out where she hid them. Ha- yeah, I've I've used twine before. Um, I did have a kid that had, um, I forget what it was called. It's like hydro something. His stomach was just full of fluid. So he kind of, um, it kind of like was a stopper. Every time the stomach would get to the birth canal, it kind of like stopped up so you what is it oh no just oh goodness yeah it it was not great um so we had to we put twine on the legs just to keep her and then um (coughs) believe it or not nigerians seem to be very easy to kind of manipulate in there um so i just was able to create like an air gap between his belly and the the birth canal and got him out that way so twine is always good to have. Okay. I mean, everybody should have twine. I'm getting. Um, well, yeah. Hey, yeah, bet you have twine. Uh, gloves. <laughs> um, lots of gloves. It, using gloves kind of has prevents like um, any infection, and if you have to go in. Um, and then I prefer J lube, which is like an OB lube, but it's it just seems to be more. Um, slippery so so say i have a, a kid mm-hmm. that's got a big head or something if i put some j-lube in there um it's it just helps slide the kid out a little bit um lots of towels okay. to dry the kids off um puppy pads the puppy pads kind of help like when the kid comes out i'll put the kid on a puppy pad and then it, it helps to absorb some of the fluid and then like i said i can also um see because the puppy pads are white i can see if there's a lot of blood um the umbilical Mm -hmm. and i'll change those out like i'll put the kid on the puppy pad and then wipe them off real quick and then um you know if she's got another kid coming i'll tend to the new kid if not um i'll change out the puppy pad so it's not so yucky um paper towels i like paper towels because sometimes the kids come out with like extra goo on them and Instead of getting that all over the towels yeah. that I'll wash, um, I try to get as much of that off with paper towels. And then a blow dryer. Because I... Because, blow dryer? I, Bougie. Well, because this is one of the things that I think I have that you guys might not. Because, like, you guys, John, Nate, and Jen, um, bottle feed. So you probably just bring your kids in the house, I'm guessing. Right, right, um, right. okay. Or, because mm. I dam raise, I have a blow dryer, um, and that way I can try to uh, dry the kids off as quick as possible. Um, 
And then, um, because they're dam raising, so, you know, I'm going to be leaving them out there with their moms. So because I kid in all sorts of winter weather, it's nice to get, get them dry as quick as possible so they don't get chilled. And on the same note, I also keep a thermometer out there, um, in case I, you know, if a kid seems lethargic, usually if they're warm, they'll start the suck reflex. They're not, if they're kind of Mm -hmm. cold. Um, they kind of seem lethargic, you know, I'll check their temperature, make sure that they are nice and warm. Um, if not, then, you know, I, I know I need to do a little bit more work. That's the stuff that I bring with right. me outside. Uh, now, Jen, do you have anything that you have in your toolkit, uh, extra? Um, let's see. We also have the feeding tubes just in case the kids aren't very strong at first. Um, we were mm-hmm. we used that a couple times last year for just kids that were slow. It's much easier to, to feed them and give them a few hours and they perk up and then they're willing to drink by themselves. We have... Now, how long, how long do you wait uh, before you make that if call with a kid? We're done... Kidding, the dough's cleaned up. We've milked her out, and the kid is still being difficult about drinking. Well, um, it's usually late at night, and we're tired. We want to go back to bed, so we'll just <laughs> yeah. feed, get some um, energy into that kid. They go to sleep, and in the morning, they're ready to go. Um, let's see. Perfect. We also have ketone strips uh, to check the doughs before they brush in. So it's not really kidding, but Mm-hmm. It's that time. No, it's definitely for kidding because once they get closed, that is a big risk. And you guys yeah, have yeah. had to deal with that before, for right? Know, so it's nice to have them on hand. So, yeah, so it's always good to check. Uh, a heating mm-hmm. pad is always helpful too. Uh, and one thing that Jessica forgot <laughs> that I know is in her kit that she uses is Guinness beer for getting the dough back up and going and <laughs> uh-huh. slow. <laughs> I've got that on my list of at the ready. Yeah. I figured I would give a little break. <laughs> spoke a lot. So. <laughs> well, I know I've gone to the grocery store at like eight o'clock, seven, eight o'clock in the morning on a Sunday and leery eyed and everything is awful, but <laughs> grab a six pack of Guinness and go. <laughs> the look she gets. It's amazing. Get. It's amazing how well oh. that helps get a room in going it it seems weird i'm always telling people mm. i'm like seriously give them dark beer and i think exactly. they probably are like really and i'm like yes do it and you'll be surprised <laughs> it, it's crazy i mean I, I honestly we drink it some ourselves um and uh but at the same time how it helps them i mean we'll drench them with it um if we're lucky they'll drink it willingly uh, otherwise, we'll, mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll drench them with it. It really does help. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, now, one thing I saw that wasn't in the kit uh, that maybe it was mentioned <laughs> and I just wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry, but <laughs> uh, oh, the, the, the little suction ball thingy, you know, to get all the mucus and stuff yep. out of their yeah, out of their nose and mouth. Yes. Uh, we use that quite a bit. Uh, everything else we have. The ones in the hospital are the are easier to manipulate. Yeah. Exactly. 
it's it's funny <laughs> exactly, because yeah. I didn't put that on my list and I meant to talk about it because I used to use it, but I find that I just um as long as they're sneezing, like I'll clean out their nose, clean out their mouth. As long as they're sneezing, I don't worry about it. And if I don't hear them sneeze, then I'll tickle the inside of their mm. nose with a piece of hay. And yeah. if they're sneezing, then they're getting that fluid yeah. out. And I don't know, for some reason, <laughs> when I used to suction, I felt like their eyes were like sucking out of their head. Now, we've done the method. We've done the method where we used a suction ball. And we had one kidding where a doe gave us twins and both of them were just covered in all of the bodily fluids. I mean, we would have been sitting there suctioning forever. And then it dawned on me, hey, what a dad used to do. I grew up on a Holstein farm. We had, you know, he worked for Cornell many years and I've seen him calve many calves and he used to grab them by the uh, back legs and just swing them. And, you know, who does it else is uh, uh, Dr. Pohl. He does that on his show and, and just swinging them, getting all that stuff out. And uh, again, yep. sticking straw that, up the nose really know, seems to help. You mentioned Dr. Paul, but even uh, James Harriet, you know, mentioned sticking the straw up the nose. Um, the other thing that's not mentioned, been mentioned yet, actually, has been a, a heating pad. <laughs> Are you what mentioned? Yeah, okay, I was I mentioned. Say, That'd be but we had Dolan so, last year in so, premature, and really the heating pad, you know, saved her life. We were able to use it with a tote, some towels to make like a mini incubator. And mm-hmm. uh, she was born 21 days early. Yeah, and we're able to. I mean, she's out in the barn right now. Miracle. Probably one of the largest doe kids we have, uh, fourth largest. Well, I'm sure you guys spoiled her. Yeah, my daughter, of that whole debacle. Daughter, so I'm sure goodness. she caught up real quick. <laughs> so I have. More. We mentioned the supplies. I have now it comes I'll to- go quick. I'll go quick. <laughs> you have more. Or John, do you want to go? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'm just going to go quick, no, and then no, no, if you no, have questions good, about any of them or whatever. Um, I have calcium um, gluconate. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good to help the dough. Um, usually, if they're not progressing, if you give them some of a uh, shot of that, it kind of helps them move along. Um, I have loot on hand. You can also put loot on the cervix if the cervix isn't dilating. Well, well hold what? on now. Hold on, because I recently listened to GoatGab, who is very informative. They had a kidding uh, episode last week as well. They had uh, Cameron Jodlowski had his uh, fiance Catherine on, and she's a student to become a vet. And she's found that uh, Lou actually doesn't do okay, anything when I, it comes we'll to that. that that's a wives' tale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I found the information very. I was like, so "Oh we'll wow!" Put it back on Could we well. use it uh, and and in the process of inducing? Yes. Yep. <laughs> so we'll double. We'll we'll do mm. dextromethylation. Yeah. And then loot. Yep. To induce flavor, um, so to that induce... the confession, you know, it produces a, a kids come out a little bit smaller, a little bit earlier. Yep. 
um, and you know within a certain amount of time frame when they're coming. And what does that dexamethasone so for the kid, do for the kid? Lung development. Okay, helps them so that when they are born, mm-hmm. they're they're ready. You know, the lungs are a little bit better developed. I mentioned that premature doe kid who was born 21 days mm-hmm. early. Uh, we were able to give her dexamethasone before she was born because we knew she was coming. And it helped with the lung development. See, for the doe, the dexamethasone helps mm-hmm. muscle relaxation. Okay. Um, and then the loot helps with moving yeah. things along as far as labor. Right. So I also have adopted that method uh, last year, and it worked <laughs> swimmingly How almost to a fault day? because it was a How very it was a very busy morning. Yeah, uh, it was four, and it was one right after the other. I and Tierney had to work. It was my day off, and if I had Alice, I probably would be dead right now. <laughs> so, thankfully, it was just me. Um, it was rough, but thankfully, I, I, I just don't breed 40 goats, or else I'd just be done for. Uh, I'd be retired and probably in an old folks' home by now. Um, but, oh, Jessica, you had do. anything else Thank on that list for, for your kidding supplies? Um, I also have mm-hmm. a five-gallon bucket of molasses. <laughs> um, five-gallon bucket or a gallon mm-hmm. of molasses to add to the bucket. Perfect. No, no I legit have five gallons. It was wow. All about so, so wait, <laughs> a five-gallon of pure molasses? Yeah, it was only like eighteen dollars at the feed mill. So, for our listeners, if we do, if they were to go to a feed mill, they might be able to pick up the five-gallon bucket. Yeah, I mean. The one that we have carries it. I I would imagine that they the feed mills usually carry bulk due to I think they use it for when they mix their grain, possibly. I don't know. It was, oh, pretty- it was eighteen dollars. It was way cheaper than buying <laughs> little bottles at the store. But that's for sure. It is. Oh, we yeah. found it at a uh what homestead store at for a gallon. Store. What? At our feed store. Our feed store? Our feed store sold it for by the gallon. <clears throat> Well, <laughs> I, I do. Isn't it great? Right next to you. Well, I, in this day of this new awesome. age of, of you know fact checking, I have mine sitting right next to me. You don't even. Well, usually I get a message afterwards after she listens to the podcast <laughs> at two times, three times speed. Well, so the molasses, um, I give. The doughs, um, I think it's a two and a half gallon bucket um, of hot water mixed with molasses. So I'll come inside, get the molasses, like as hot as my hot will go, which is over 100 degrees. And usually they'll drink a good Mm -hmm. portion of it. And there's a lot of calcium in there, too. So it helps give them some energy and um, warm them up a little bit. Um, So I do that. Um, I haven't. What? Why do you do it as hot as it can be? Same here. I don't, the goats seem to love hot water. Like I have all of my tanks are over a hundred degrees and I feel like they just drink a lot more water that way. It doesn't cause any issues? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm just asking. No. And even my buck pen, like I, we, we have like a million extension cords, which is really funny, but it's. Yeah. 
it's not the safest way, but um, we I think it's like two and two hundred and fifty feet of extension cord out to the buck pen for their water to be hot because they're they're out back. So, but I just they drink so much more water when it's hot. Mm. Um, okay, and, okay, and I I don't know. To me, water and hay are super important, and when it's when well, it's they are out. It's nice to yeah. have that hot water because I feel like it warms. Uh, especially this time of year, people don't think yeah. about the fact a lot of dehydration happens in the winter. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's as dangerous now as it is in July. Yep. Exactly. So try to keep as hot water fresh mm-hmm. um, out there as much as possible. But with the molasses, like especially in the winter when they're kidding, um, to have that hot water. It just kind of, you know, they've already exerted a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to keep the body warm. So I figure, you know, kind of kill two birds with one stone there. Um, and I have a couple extra. I have an extension cord, mostly for my blow dryer. <laughs> um, needles and syringes at the ready, epinephrine, oxytocin. Uh, oxytocin I usually keep around, um, it, you know, if, the ki- if they had a tough kidding and they're placenta isn't passing right away i'll just give them a little yeah. bump of oxytocin um and then does that, does that affect production um it's supposed to help with letdown um so some people will give oxytocin to help with letdown mm-hmm. but i don't usually do it for that i usually just do it to help them pass the placenta because it helps okay. with uh, uterine contractions right right yeah i don't want people to think that they have a dough first freshener that's not producing very well, so they just start pumping her full of oxytocin. And you and it doesn't be, help produce yeah, that much more milk. You have to be careful People, because if please don't do that. <laughs> dilated and you give them oxytocin, then that can cause a whole another world of problems because they're and there's you know their cervix is closed. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep bandamine and meloxicam on hand in case once again if there's a difficult kidding or anything. Uh, pain meds. Right. So I keep Which that. Are pain meds. Um, I always make sure I have my phone available in case I need help. Usually I do it all myself. Um, but if I need help, like if there's a stuck kid and I need Dan to come out and help hold the dough or something, you know, it's nice to have a phone on hand as well as a vet. Have a vet on on hand um, in case you need to call. Mm-hmm. So how does? How does that phone call go? Does it go? Oh, Dan! Usually, if I need help, Dan, I called five times. It's cold out, but please. That's the truth. Um, Oh, Dan! May I add in on there? Sometimes it's a vet that you need to call. Sometimes it's maybe a more experienced uh, breeder, right? Or just a simply different Mm -hmm. breeder. I know, for example, yeah. quite frankly, we have you, Jessica, on you know, on for us we dial when we have issues. Because sometimes you you encounter different situations than we do, and you right. may look at things differently than we do. Yep. Um, for us, where we live, mm-hmm. we don't have really a good dairy goat vet nearby, so. You know, contacting other breeders and trying to find out what they might recommend, that may be one of the best things you can do. Mm-hmm. Lord, you know, willing and God bless us mm-hmm. or whatever, 
for having access to to other breeders of this age of technology to be able to compare notes. Yep. Um, I mm-hmm. know for us, if we can't figure it out, we're going to Cornell, which is, you know, our local vet school um, for information. It's the Hard it's go. the local. Well, I mentioned that because be you know some of our uh, listeners may not necessarily sure. be New Yorkers, um, so yeah. Uh, so as far as it, well, first I I agree that everybody should definitely find somebody to be able to confide in during kidding season because things do happen. I know our second kidding season. We had our doe gem who was as big as a house, which she never gets for her kiddings. And I mean, she was huge. So we knew, we thought we knew that there was twins in there and she kids out the single doling who's tiny. And I'm like, all right, here comes the other one. And it never came. And I'm sitting there freaking out thinking, okay, kid's stuck. Do I go in? I have huge hands. Tierney tries to go in. She feels, she says she thinks she feels something and she's new at this. So we call we call uh, our friend Carmen and, and kind of confide in her. And it turns out she just had a single, which was crazy. Every other every other kidding, she's she holds everything in her chest. I'll be lucky it kids wasn't like triplets Go with figure. like a bridge um, birth of that. Yeah, I've never had triplets, so I'm not even worried about that. That apparently doesn't <laughs> uh, happen on my farm. We had a Besides last year. but they're gone. <laughs> Who? Uh... You know, gave birth to triplets, and we really weren't expecting it. Um, and I think the third born ended up. You know, we looked mm-hmm. at the camera at you know two or three hours later, and there's the third one over in the corner. Um, oh, I thought it was a different birth um, <laughs> that you were going to talk about there, but uh, no, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> so, what do you guys have too. for your? <laughs> so. <laughs> so what do you guys do for, what do you guys Honestly, do for your kidding for us, pens so? uh, we bring them in the house for a few days not the uh, does <laughs> no no oh no goodness oh for, oh, you're for your does that far back <laughs> kidding pen well, kidding pen. pen we bring them in no, the pen in which the, the doe kids oh, we have a, a set of pens that are set up with a camera um, so we're able to watch them um we have the does set up in small groups where they get along with each other. If there's a problem where one does trying to go after the placenta of another or something or being a pain, then we'll move the other does that are in the pen with her. There's usually only four in the pen at most. We'll move the ones that are a pain out into another pen mm-hmm. and just leave the, the freshening doe where she's at, where yeah. she's comfortable. But... Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you guys definitely separate. Uh, we we play a different game every year. It seems we <laughs> so we have we have a small barn. It's pretty small. We have two stalls, uh, usually seniors and juniors, and one and the other. When it comes time to kidding, if it's just one doe kidding, we'll throw everybody into one pen and the doe that's kidding into the other pen, uh, and it's it gets kind of dicey. No. You know, senior does are mean. <laughs> so yeah right so we do that especially Jen has always been well was the low end of the totem pole uh, so we always made sure she was by herself 
because she used to always get picked on when she was kidding. But last year we had every do- every Oberhasley that was kidding in one pack because they were all kidding at the same time. <laughs> Thank goodness I had the camera so I could see who was kidding because as soon as I go up there, I see I see uh, one of my does kidding. I I see Jem licking oh, a kid, another one licking a kid. They hadn't kidded yet, <laughs> so they were trying to steal it. So luckily, I was able to get up there and check, and so, and you know, obviously only so, one had kidded, well, but I'm gonna go could have been dicey. To Jessica, what do you do for kidding fans? But the topic of cameras here in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica, what do you do for kidding fans? Well, yeah. So we designed our barn to have six kidding pens, and that works except for when you breed thirteen and they all settle. Oh no! Um, so um, we. <laughs> <laughs> sorry like an evil laugh because I warned you man really like me me I did we had the six kidding stalls set up and in order to kind of uh, you know, I put their 2020 mm-hmm. kids in with them, with the does that were kidding, just so they wouldn't be alone. And then we converted our 16 by 10 stall into three separate stalls. And I was like, oh, this this mom and daughter are going to kid on the same day. So I'll keep them together because they get along. Yeah, that was not fun. Luckily, they literally started kidding at the same time. Um because Thelma, it was Thelma and Arya. Thelma was kidding, and Arya was like, "That is my kid," and so she's licking Thelma's kid, which was fine. I was like, "Aw, bonding." And then Arya lays down and starts pushing, and I was like, "Not cool." <laughs> <laughs> um. So luckily, Arya had two does. <laughs> Thelma had three boys. I guess we could call that lucky. Um, so it was easy to separate who was who. And I was sitting right there. So it was easy to tell that way as well. But um, normally I try to keep one doe per stall. Um, I don't know if it, it probably stressed me out more to have more than one doe in a stall than it did the does, if that makes sense. But look, I damn raised. So that would be. No, it makes sense. Yeah. My reason i want the doe to bond with her kids and not bond with any other any other does that are in there so right so i have a question why did you decide to dam raise instead of bottle raise because everybody um, does it different so and i just want to hear your perspective full-time um and in order for me mm-hmm. to i know some people will go down to like two or three feedings right off the bat um but I have to wake right. up in the middle of the night to do that, to bottle feed. So we have had to bottle feed some, but that me to not sleep. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and you're already <laughs> lacking sleep enough. Yeah. With, uh, Imagine what all these kids on the ground. So, right. Yeah. So we decided to dam raise, and I I do see a little bit of utter consequence, <laughs> utter consequence, um, with dam. Yeah, their udders are not like they're. I guess it would be meaty 
a little bit more meaty early on in lactation when the kids are constantly bumping them. Um, once the kids start getting weaned a little more, mm. it's easier to um, get their udders milked out all the way. So we kind of do a hybrid right. model, hybrid model. Um, we dam raise, but the kids are all exposed to the bottle um, on milk test day. I try to start milking does out from the beginning of their lactation to kind of keep it consistent. Um, and then it also makes mm -hmm. it nice because the kids are just as friendly, but almost not as needy, I guess, as bottle babies. So, um, right. And you, you don't have to worry about any disease contamination we or anything test like that because you test CAE your herd yearly, right? Yeah, all yearly. Um, and, so I don't worry about having to pull kids for that, for that purpose. So, and I mean, there are other people yeah. who test yearly as well and right. still pull kids. Right. You, yep. Guys, yep. you guys are both yeah, we're one a, of them. a great example of that. So it's not necessarily because there's a positive case. It's just, um, you know, that's their preference and, and I'm coming to find out having 30 babies that it would be nice to have some bottle babies because as John said, get them out. <laughs> I can call them a little <laughs> faster. Um, but <laughs> I think it just works for us. And, you know, it just goes to show that there are definitely a bunch of different ways that herds can manage um, and still have uh, production and um, and work, you know, work for right. them. So. Right. Now, Jessica, sorry. Right. Now, I, I've seen yeah, on, I, on Facebook some ahead. of your, your photos and videos from uh, mainly photos of your does in the kidding pen. And getting back to the topic, on, uh, the question on cameras, what kind of cameras do you use? So we have, um, I've tried a bunch of them, honestly. Um, I tried the hardwired um, unfortunately, I bought ones without sound, and that's important for me because when I am in the house, I like to keep the sound on. So if I fall asleep, I can hear if the dough is pushing. Yep. Yeah, that will wake me up like nothing. Like I'm like, like up, like snapping up, like ready to. Um, so we have Rio Link. Yeah. Um, and I'm able to put. I've. I don't know if there's a limit to how many cameras. I have four of them and I can view all four at the same time and they pan and tilt and they have two way sound. So I can talk to them and they can talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, now that's handy if you have one human <laughs> on one end and another one on the other. Oh yeah. Uh, or if she's talking to Moxie. Or if, or if you're talking to Moxie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got to remember the moxie out yeah. there. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, or that bourbon guy. Whatever his name is. We're, we're not going there. We're not getting into yeah. box. No. <laughs> so, so I want to I wanna talk, because I'm going to divert before it gets crazy. Uh, I want to talk about heat lamps, because I see people use heat lamps, and we use heat lamps. Uh, I see people use, like, the tractor supply metal one with a little cage around it, the four prong cage. 
Uh, and that's fine, yep. but it's a fire hazard. Let's face it. We personally use the Premier One uh, heat lamp that has like a dual cage around it. So it's got the one safety measure where it's got uh, the, it's not really plastic, I, it's ceramic, I'm guessing. And then it's got the the plastic cage in the front where if it were to fall, that would buffer it and there wouldn't be any heat exchange to cause a fire. At least that's the plan with those. Uh, do you guys use those? I use those for my kidding pen or we my kids. We to have the kids in the house for probably a week. Yep. And then we move them out to our garage. And so by the time they get out to the barn, they really don't need the heat lamp. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit different than everybody here. I admit. And I'm in in more ways than one. Uh, so I am going to try to change this this year. I haven't figured out how yet, but I have limited barn space, right? It's just the way it is. Uh, so what we tend to do is keep our kids in our basement. And what I do is I put a tarp down and then they're bedding. And then uh, if there's like a dog... Uh, it's, it's a fencing to keep the dog in like a pen. And we bought like two of those. So it's a big pen. It's a good area for these kids. And we keep them in there and <laughs> wow. I say we really? keep them in there for about eight weeks is what is what, well, they get, they get outside time during the day and stuff, but at night and stuff, they're inside and they're down in our basement <laughs> and it's terrible and I need to change it. Uh, it's a barn situation, which hopefully this year we're going to be putting up a new barn. But for this spring, I think now that we've called quite a bit of does, I mean, I only have six does in my barn right now. So I think I can put them in one side and the kids on the other uh, and, and keep it cordial that way. It just depends on how the does are, treat each other. Um, but I know you guys are different. So how long do you kick, wait to kick them out? You said a week in the house and then a week, Probably how many weeks in your garage? weather is really cold um, we wait until it breaks and then they they go out so it's really not too mm -hmm. long out we have had them in the garage for four or five weeks and it just becomes a mess uh, yeah um we get them out to the barn as soon as we can now we, we we've designed <laughs> that you know we have overhead fish with grade <laughs> um we've also found that it's weird that allowing them to be out in the barn and a little bit of the chill of the natural environment. Um, I, I don't know how it works, but they seem to do better out, out there than if it's warmer. Yeah. Um, yeah, our, yeah, 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 yeah. So you, I'm just the crazy one. one here. Okay, good. Got it. Woo! Finally. Okay. Great. I'm glad I admitted that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they you know, grow actually, really well. They grow though. well if you start them earlier. Like yeah. our January, early February kids from last year are actually bigger than some of our two-year-olds that were born in February and March. Um, yeah. We won't we oh get into goodness. feeding kids because Jessica's going to rip me apart. Brain. God. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, All right, here on. we go, folks. Moving here on. we go. 
<laughs> so, uh, I'm sorry right, that my bucket is. Okay, okay, break, break, break. Back to your corner. Back to your corner. We have uh, issue between two different breeders, two different bucks, two different growth rates. Okay, but it, it it's two different bloodlines. Yeah, you know. Listen. Moving on. Moving on. No, not really. Moving on. <laughs> well, kind, kind, <laughs> kind of, of. But not really. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, kind of, but not really. So. Kind of, but not. Nice try, Nate. Listen, <laughs> let me win at something. Let me win at something. <laughs> well, wait till show season. My buck, my buck grew a little bit faster. That's all. Okay. Wait till show season. Yep. We'll see how those do. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we talked about dam raising versus versus bottle feeding. Uh, maybe, <laughs> and I might might be unscrewing the bottle of the Jack Daniels, but it's okay. It's Saturday. Yep. So <laughs> now that everybody knows that I'm drinking, I don't drink often, folks. Okay, it's Saturday. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. So kidding season can be stressful. Ooh, so I let's have... hear those awesome no. kidding season stories uh, that are that are a little bit funny. Listen, we all need a little bit of fun in our life, right? Uh, I happen to have a little bit of a funny one. So Tierney did not grow up with dairy goats and all that stuff. I mean, she grew up with her grandfather had a couple pigs and he had a couple... Uh, horned goats that he just staked out and they ate the vegetation, right? Nothing crazy. Uh, so Tierney wasn't uh, hip on uh, breeding. She didn't know anything about it. <laughs> so the first kidding that we ever had on our farm uh, was three does that we had bought bread. So the first kidding, she's in there and she's watching it and she sees that bubble coming and her eyes are wide. And she's like, is this normal? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> And she was the feet are coming out. I'm like, the whole kid's going to come out here pretty soon. <laughs> so, so we get that kid out and then her parents come to watch. And I'm very serious when it comes to kidding. Like I, it's, it's a stressful time for me. I want to make sure that I get a little bit of return on my investment. Uh, so I, I'm kind of serious. <laughs> And my cat is happy. I, I, I'm I sorry think you defend that. Kidding season is <laughs> kind of uh, so, like it's the most stressful time of year, but it's almost like Christmas. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's 100% like Christmas. You've worked this hard, you've you've planned these breedings, you've put but all you this time into it, and this is the fruition of those efforts. And so I think right, there's always that what if. So I take it pretty seriously, and her parents come in, and, and they're sitting there talking about it, and and looking crazy, you know, not crazy, but they're they're looking like shocked, like, oh my gosh, this is happening. <laughs> and and I just shoot them a look and Tierney's like, John, the kid, and we look and the doe puts her bum up against the wall. And <laughs> the first thing the kid gets in this world is knocking its head on the wall. <laughs> and and Tierney just starts laughing. I start laughing. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is great. And the kid turned out to be stellar, but <laughs> but it was just one of those things where uh some people didn't know what to expect, and that was the way we were thrown into breeding well, I have one. dairy goats. 
What? I'd love to hear Nate's okay. story. So it's not like oh, my okay, story. Um, I don't know if I have one, but one of my friends called me. I know she messaged mm-hmm. me and she was telling me this story about um, like they've been up all night, had a bunch of does that kitted and her husband. Oh, okay. Out- wait, wait, wait. Am I correct? I'm going to fess up here. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on. Moving on. <laughs> you can you can remove the. Let's sit down for this one. Okay. It was me, <laughs> Jen and I. <laughs> well, so he. Was so what was going on with Nathan? I'm sorry. And the doe was kidding, and her feet, the baby's feet, were sticking out straight out like wheelbarrow handles. Right. Okay. Like, well, I, need, I need grab me. I'm coming out. Grab me. <laughs> so wait, I need. <laughs> in the I was in the house cleaning off the first. Kit. Wait, where was Jen <laughs> during all this? Of this on the camera, and he called her. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because I don't. He. I mean, they're tired, right? There'd been. I, I don't remember what time it was, but it. It, it was like 26 hours <laughs> of, of labor <laughs> for the photo. So he called her because he didn't know what to do. <laughs> Only 37 years of dealing with goats. Right. And I didn't know what to deal do with a, <laughs> a leg sticking out oh, of a dog. <laughs> so that's yeah. my funny story. And it's maybe you had to be there. I don't know. But so. Right. <laughs> well, there was one person there. And and it's Jen, and Jen just <laughs> so happens to be on the podcast tonight. So, so Jen, so what was, was your perspective on all this? this? I'm looking at like the, the camera, and Nate goes out to check on her because we had seen the bubble coming. And I I cleaned the, the baby. I checked again. He's on his way out, and there's these back feet that are sticking straight out, and you can tell even on the camera that they're the back feet. And so I'm thinking, Nate, get there quick. Nate, they got there quick. Go pull those legs. And all of a sudden the phone starts ringing. And I get, it's breach. What do I do? <laughs> Just get the kid out. <laughs> okay, so with lack of sleep, I'm going to defend myself that, you know, when you're exhausted, some of us, even if we've been with it for years, you have a lapse of memory. Lapse of thought. That's true. Our last <laughs> last year, the kid came out head first with no feet, and I sat looking at it for like five minutes, waiting for the feet to come out, and nothing, it was just the head. And thankfully, I was able to reach and hug the knee and pull it right out. Oh, he I would have been just diving for those feet. Just, yeah, when yep. you're sleep deprived, it takes a few minutes oh. more. Yeah, it was just it was so cute and funny because yeah. you know that he knew sure. what he needed <laughs> but I, the, that's the worst part is i did you know it's like but you guys were just so tired because i i remember that day you guys just exhausted <laughs> so i so okay. still don't let nate live it down exactly no one will let it go yeah there's a lot of that channing tatum let it go meme <laughs> floating around between our two houses <laughs> yeah <laughs> boy so I have my I I guess my personal like 
debacle kidding was when I decided to induce the four does at once. Yep. And I believe I was in constant contact with Nate and Jen. I, and I, I don't know. I don't remember if I was trying to talk you into coming to help because I was so panicked that I, I did. Not sure. so you just done the worst. Uh, thing. No, it's not the worst thing. Was, ever. You know, nineteen does would be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah, or thirteen. Who's, oh, who's no, counting? Include, you only five. do what you think you can handle. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Uh, guys, I don't know if you noticed, but we happen to have a special guest here on the show. I don't know about special. <laughs> oh, Emma! Thanks for your For anybody listening, we have Jaquino into the episode this week. Emma, Emma's here with me too. Can you? You? Everybody want to say hi to Em? Emma. Hey, Emma. Hello. How are you? Hey, Emma. How's it going? <laughs> so this. So, Brandy, we're enjoying a we're enjoying a wonderful Saturday night, uh, and I was like, who else could we get in on the fun? And so, here we are. They're discussing the hitting stories. <laughs> Do we yeah. have some stories? What? <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so do you have one? I know so, you have a hundred. Oh, we have we have one or two. Do you want happy ones? Hundred. <laughs> let's go with a happy one. Yes, let's go with happy one. <laughs> um let's see. The most memorable one that I can think of. Of course, includes the diva. Yes, and it, is, it has to be. It has to be the diva. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it was um, the uh, the kidding right after she'd had her embryo transfer. Yep. And for every for everybody that doesn't know, um, when she had the embryo transfer done, she got a really really bad internal infection. And it ended up causing a severe hernia. So um, to make a long story short, the poor goat walked around with a girdle all year until she had the kid. And so I induced her to kid 10 days early because the babies grow so much the last 14 to 10 days. And I didn't want the hernia getting any worse. Yeah. So I induced her yeah. to kid and Vanessa came home. Um, she came up to the farm and stuff and it was, I mean, we were so stressed out. It was ridiculous. And um, we watched her all day and we kept getting up in the middle of the night. And um, at two o'clock in the morning, Vanessa comes in and wakes me up and she goes, Oh my God, I think she's kidding. And I was like, how the hell could she be kidding already? She's actually not really supposed to be doing anything till tomorrow, even though we'd been watching her all that time. And she goes, I don't know. She looks like she's kidding. So I got dressed super fast and we booked out to the barn and we swung open the door and looked over the fence and Bramble is laying completely spread out. Like she died. And you know, it's, doing total dead goat and behind oh, her boy. was dead goat baby <laughs> oh, no. 
Oh, right? And both Vanessa and I just stood there for probably 10 seconds in complete shock. And I go, how the hell did that happen so fast? And, uh, and when I started talking, Bramble lifted her head up at me like, it's about time you guys got here. Is that what this says me? Yeah, exactly. And Vanessa and I like, <laughs> were like, oh my God. And we go running into the bed and scoop up the baby. And the baby actually turned out to be Jasmine. And um, it, was, it was so, I will never That's forget awesome. that feeling of absolute mortified shock that my doe and her baby were both dead in a matter of five minutes. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is, oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, right? So that's one of our most memorable ones. We have lots and lots, but that one's probably the one that's the most shocking and yet the most happy at the same time. I know, right? There, and, that and kidding was that so special you, on you know? so many levels. Jasmine herself is, she's a beautiful doe, but she's not a show goat. Um, but an incredible brood doe. She's throwing back to the diva mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, look at Lahini. I have totally awesome news. Lahini actually is 100% bred. She, she showed. Yes. I'm so stoked. Okay, I'll stop monopolizing the conversation. <laughs> no, you're. <laughs> Listen, this is this is something that I surprised everybody with. It was not discussed. Uh, so I, I believe I heard quite a bit of surprise in what? Nate's voice yep. I heard the octaves go higher. Uh, so did she, did she hear the totally story? worth it. Now, no, dang. <laughs> oh no! You missed the whole breach story. Are we talking about oh, the, no. uh, the breach story? Story. <laughs> You can yeah, tell it again. This is the, the roasting of Nate Knight. This is the reason why I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait to agree to come on. <laughs> I, 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 won't suffer, I won't make Nate suffer this through was... the story again. I promise I'll just listen to it tomorrow if the story <laughs> The begging, they, they, they want to tell you. <laughs> okay, cool. It's, I'm all, I'm all ears. I, I got, you got, your guys, tell me. <laughs> so my friend <laughs> called me. We can do this over. My friend messaged me, sorry. She messaged me that they'd been up for like 26 hours and... <gasps> Yeah, and they, I don't remember if they were waiting on a doe or if they had a bunch of does that had kitted. So um, my friend was inside and she's watching her husband out in the barn and she's cleaning off a kid and the second kid was coming out and it was um, coming out back feet first, like hand bar, grab me back feet first. (laughs) Here I am. Yeah. Nate and Jen, you can take over the story now if you'd like. Jen, go for it. So I could just see the dough on the camera and I see these back feet <laughs> straight out. And all I can think is Nate jump in and grab him because he was on the way out to the barn. Well, he didn't. I all of a sudden got a phone call. And what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> because how much 
much experience growing up with goats and and we've had them and you know when you're exhausted sometimes it, you're not firing years. on all cylinders <laughs> that's true you know. so nate nate will never probably will never live that down <laughs> it's always fun to just bring it up every now and then when and i are discussing something and i end up in the right suddenly i get a meme of like canning tatum doing let it go <laughs> It's, it was old. Does it get old though, ago. Nate? Does it, it get old? I mean, it matter. seems like it's it's you know, a fun story. What's going to happen is I'm in the process of like designing a shirt <laughs> that I think would be perfect. Yeah. For Nate. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll buy one. I'm a, I already. I don't even care about the design. I'll buy one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to put it on the website. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, Nate, you were talking about marketing white? the other day. You know, white. It could come in white, so it's not like you couldn't wear it to a show. So. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> appropriate attire for national. It's great. Exactly. Uh, Nationals does not count, but club shows, you can wear anything you want as long as the shirt's white. Listen, you say Nationals. Uh, In your leopard print panties. I thought it was Rockabacker. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've decided that I'm going to be as risky oh, as possible. And I want people Commando. to remember who I am. Right. So I think I think I think no, 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 no. Did you guys hear what yes. Emma said? Yes. You guessed her right. She said, Well, if you go commando and you're I shaving udders, you won't get any hair up there. <laughs> Uh, she's my that's just uh no no i'd like to keep my marriage intact <laughs> so uh for any listeners and, this and hopefully we still have the ratings point, up uh, there has been a i oh yeah there's been a there's been jokes there's been jokes of me uh, wearing beautiful undergarments, I believe. And I wear a, a lighter linen uh, pant for shows when it's hot out. And I believe that it will just accentuate uh, my donor. You have that, th- so. that uh, theory that it up you your face. to your goat. <laughs> the goat or you? <laughs> it's gonna draw the eye towards that direction, whichever way you, you, you look at it. So, I've been working out, folks. So, I think it'll be fine. Uh, 
Boy, I, I guess I should look at some show notes. It's been about 20 minutes since I did that. Uh, oh, <laughs> this is perfect for Brandy being here. This is a this is a perfect question for Brandy being here. And also, Jessica, because you deal with so many multiples. Uh, <laughs> how do you choose between twins or triplets or quads uh, from the same dam when one is reserved and the other you want to retain Whoa. and the buyer wants them as soon as possible so uh, they can buy loaded. them. Good answer. You go first, Jess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I can answer for Jessica. She just Look doesn't out. choose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she bred for me something. Stuff. Come on. What do you have to say? I'm so, joking. How do you, Jessica, how do you choose? I tried to make my right off the bat. And then every time I've done that, I just regret my, regret okay. my decision after that. Um, Normally, I try to give it like a week or two. I'm mm-hmm. not, I've only been doing it a few years. So I think that I'm not, I don't have that. I have a good eye, but not as good of an eye as if I could make it sooner. But I, t- I try to like feel their hips, feel their, um, the rib cage, the spacing between the ribs. Like even as a kid, you can kind of sense that. Um, but then, you know, it's kind of, when they mature they can change so like i kept i kept one kid um and i after they right. matured i'd already promised the other kid to somebody else and i'm like oh i picked the wrong one but you know i try to keep my word and then you know i'll just sell this kid and <laughs> hopefully make the right choice this year <laughs> and i believe you you do a pretty darn well job at picking your kids. I think there's only one that you sold that you probably, I mean, I'm sure there's more than one, but, Stop it. but one that I can think of that you Don't sold. Don't say her that name. The name that just don't have is, uh, that, okay. I'll next so- question right, right now. No. I mean, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see her at nationals. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm fortunate okay. enough that she went to a performance <laughs> home, you know, all right, you are. so that's, you know, and that's the one thing that I, it it kind yeah, of is hard for, for sure. me is not knowing, you know, if I have a, a breeding that I know is awesome, if it's not going to perform its home, it makes it harder. But, you know, I'm, I'm very picky about where my kids go. So at least I know that they'll go to mm-hmm. a good home. It's just, you know, will they live up to their potential? But, you know, you can only... Once they leave your farm, it's kind of out of your control. But now, though, the way I would look at that one, I know, I know the dough you're speaking of. Yeah. Though it, it should feel. You know, we've sold some does where we really didn't want to sell them, but we had to. You know, to keep numbers down. Uh, <laughs> um, but, <coughs> but, um, you know. Knowing that they're at a performance home and they're going to get proven out <laughs> and they're going to have your herd name on them mm-hmm. should make yeah. that that pain a little bit better. You just a little less pain, I would think. Well, and plus she's in Maine, which is a pretty competitive yeah. area, and she went best in show in Maine. So, you know, it's my herd name is out 
in a different state. So right. it, it doesn't get rewarding that way. Do I want her? Of course I want her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you, do you feel like you've seen some increased uh, inquiries when it comes to reservations and um, all that because of that though that kids, is out there in another um, bird name on it? Um, usually Joe kids are pretty popular anyway before her um, due just to his lineage. Um, I get, yeah, he is pretty. He's got a grill nose. And he's pretty. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, so he's, he's my gorilla boy. So he's pretty consistent with his kids. And so I can speak to him um, <laughs> confidently, like what his kids will be mm-hmm. like. So that's good. Um, I get um, a lot of inquiries from my diva line yeah. because of their production and everything. So, um, and those will come up. I've had some in Texas and PA and so that's kind of cool there, but I don't, I don't know necessarily from Nick's because, um, I yeah. don't own her name. <gasps> I, it's, it's at her name. <gasps> I <said it> <laughs> Thou shall not who shall not be named. Now, Brandy. Can I can I <laughs> can I interject for just so, a second? Yeah, I can so bring you, you in. Well well thank you, sir. Yes, please. <laughs> so back when, before I knew what I was doing, not that I know what I'm doing now, but back before I really didn't know what I was doing, I asked a local La Mancha breeder why she sold her good goats. And what she said to me was, and this kind of goes back to a little bit of what just uh, said. She said that when you sell your good ones, when they do good for other people, it actually brings better sales to you, to your herd. If other, if, if animals that you sell to other herds can do well as in, in herds that are not under your own management, um, then, uh, then that will bring more people to you saying, Hey, Oh, I like this herd. I like X herd. I want these animals in my herd because these animals are showable and they, right. they win, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's very marketable when you sell some of your better animals, even though we being the greedy breeders that we are, no. <laughs> we want to keep the animals for ourselves it is extremely beneficial if we sell the good animals to other herds that have excellent that have as good of or better management than we have um i sold a milking year a two-year-old that is phenomenal and every day when she comes into the barn i think god why did i sell this goat Mm -hmm. but She's going to a herd that I know will take probably even better care of her than I take care of her. And she's going to be heavily shown, et cetera. So she's going to, she's going to help the breed as a whole. And she's going to help my herd as a whole. Yeah. So, so being Mm -hmm. greedy is not always a good thing. (laughs) Brandy. Really? Brandy. Now you've told me. Mm -hmm that generally you can get a good feel right off the bat on your kid. Yes. You know, as to... Yes, absolutely. I can agree with that. Right off the bat, you can get a feel for how 
the quality that they're going to be. And no, I can, I can see that. Oh, absolutely. When they're, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I think, Oh, I was just going to say, I think that comes with developing your eye as a breeder of what you're looking for and what your goals are. Obviously when a kid is born and they're a week old, you can't yes. tell what their udder is going to be, but you can definitely see what their body is going to be. Uh, and I honestly think that a kid at a certain age, which I believe is a week to 10 days, that body, when they're unfolded, that's what they're going to be as a dry yearling or as a 10 month old, whatever bread, bread kid, whatever you do. I believe that that kid's going to show you at that age what they're going to be when they're older. I could be wrong, but that's what I feel like. In the I agree. Uh, when three, a baby, when a, a really exceptional baby, the minute they hit the ground and they stand up, you go, Whoo! oh, she's beautiful. Um, the majority of good babies, though, by the time they're yes. about 10 days old, you can look at them and say, okay, this baby is worth keeping. Or, oh boy, I need to send this one down the track. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then at that point, <laughs> when you decide if they're worth keeping on their general appearance and their dairy strength and their body capacity, because it all comes together when they're babies. You know, you're looking at them. If you have an eye, you're looking at them at 10 days old. Mm -hmm. What Just like John said, what they look like at 10 days old is generally what they're going to look like when they are mature dose. Your your um the straw that breaks mm -hmm. the camel's back is what is that mammary system gonna turn like <laughs> and an overhausley yeah 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 and i haven't i haven't found that is that it's that. still <laughs> the breed is still so new that um no matter how close you breed something or how attended Tiv, you are to um, those e-mammaries and a pedigree or whatever, you still get those throwbacks so often and you you still have cruddy mammaries that show up in the Oberhausley. It's not like Nubians or La Manchas or Alpines where, uh, where your bad mammaries are so few. Um, unfortunately, in your Oberhausley, your bad memories tend to be more often. And it's and it's only because of, it's because a breed is only truly only 30, 40 years old. So compared to togs, which are 200 years old or whatever, that makes any sense at all. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, now, Brandy, you general kidding supplies. I know that you're out there in the Idaho. You have different. Uh, you have what do you have that you would highly recommend in your kidding supply box? Now, I will interject before you go off your list. Uh, a few things that we have already named Absolutely. is iodine for dipping the cords, uh, molasses for the molasses for the does uh, after the kid, um, floss for any umbilical issues, uh, pretty much everything, you know, towels, all that good stuff. Uh, the little suction. Yeah, the, the ketone strips, <laughs> suctioning uh, you mean devices for, for the kids' <laughs> nostrils and mouth. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, pretty much everything basic. But is there anything that you can think of 
like outside of the box um, that you may have. I'm going to go more with um, a couple of things. Emma is here. She's she's doing this arm gig. One of the things that we use on our goats is we use the cattle OB gloves if we have to go digging okay. um, for because if you just use a, a okay. regular rubber glove, it only goes up to your wrist and your arm or your sleeve or your whatever might still be dirty and you can still infect the dough. If you use the cattle OB gloves, they go clear up to your shoulder and the chances of you infecting your goat are your dough are much less as you're digging around trying to fish out a like a twisted pit or a lost kid. You know, my goats have such deep bodies that the babies sometimes will get, they'll be so far down. The does are so tired. They just can't get those babies out and you have to pull them out. Um, another thing that I really like to have on hand and you have to have a good relationship with your veterinarian is, um, you need to have dexamethasone because if if you have babies that are maybe a little slow breathing or a little, you know, they have other issues. It's amazing what just a 10th of a CC under the tongue does for those babies to stimulate them. And it doesn't affect, yeah, it doesn't affect their kidneys or anything. It just, it kind of wakes them up and gets them going. It stimulates their sucking reflex. It's, it, it really, it kickstarts the babies a lot of times. And that's all it takes is a 10th of a CC. You'll, you'll end up, um, uh, the drug will end wow. up expiring before you use all of it. Before, if you just use it for baby. So, um, do you need- and it, <laughs> oh, go ahead. Do you, do you use a needle or you just splash it under their tongue? No, I just take it with a, uh, a, I draw it out with the needle and syringe and take the needle off and just stick it under the tongue. Cause the tongue is a, a, a muscle yep. just like the, and you know how, like, I don't want to say frail, but you know how like dainty babies are who wants to stick a needle in a baby. <laughs> so yeah, if you just take it and you just open their mouth and just stick it under their tongue. It takes a little bit longer for it to absorb than if you gave them a shot, but they still get the benefit of the drug. And they usually within 45 minutes to an hour will be uh, very mobile and hungry. So uh, yeah, you guys actually touched on a a lot of really good things about kids. Um, It's uh, you need to make sure that you have a heating pad in case you, um, did you guys mention heating pads? (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, then let's scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when I have the party. We're really, we're really looking for like the magical answer. We're looking for like the magical <laughs> answer because you kid out almost as much as Jessica. And Jessica has not during divorce. So that's a pretty big feat. So is there like a magic answer for how to make it go smoothly? Or it, I want. There's people that are newer. There are people that are also older breeders that are are listening to this podcast. Now, myself, you, Brandy, everybody that's in sitting in on on this uh, episode knows that kidding season isn't perfect, and things do happen. And how do you deal with those things May as I they're interject? happening uh, to keep trudging forward for I those mean, others that have kidding? I find is 
like you yeah, have your birthing course. kit, you have the stuff at the ready, but the best thing that you can do is to um, gain as much knowledge as you can, like be prepared for any position the kid may be in. So that means like do your research, like what are the different presentations? You see feet coming out, like can you tell yes. which feet they are, are they the back feet or the front feet? Um, like, can a kid come out with a head only? Um, can the kid come out with, you know, the back feet? Can the kid come out with the butt? You know, like, and then um, when you know those things, it makes it easier if you have to pull a kid because if you have to go in, essentially your hands have to be your eyes. So, like, what are you feeling? You know, yes, and just just try to yes. be prepared right. um, that way, like as much knowledge as you can. And that's how I learned is I. I watched like other people posting issues on like different groups, like, and how did they handle those issues? What did people suggest? What worked that they suggested, you know, and try to just get as much knowledge as you can prior to the, to the, um, the day so that you kind of have that extra, uh, extra weight off your shoulders, you know, like you can kind of be prepared that way. Absolutely. And but but even even all the research in the world is not going to prepare you as much as hand on experience does. And one of the things that just said was you have to learn how to right. see with your hand. And when you're inside a dough and you have a, a mess or you have a kid with being backwards or you have a kid whose head is twisted or whatever the case may be. What I do, and I don't know why I do this, except I'll close my eyes. I will literally close my eyes as I'm inside the dough. And it's almost like closing my eyes puts, finger, uh, puts eyeballs on the ends of my fingertips and allows me to see what's going on with the kid inside the dough. And as soon as you get as soon as you can see with your hand what's going on, then you can get it to, um, you, you can get the kids out. And another thing that made me that she said, yes, you can pull a kid out with just its head. You can pull a kid out with one leg in its head. You can pull a kid out that has its butt only. You can pull a kid out with rear feet, but you have to be able to really pay attention to details when you pull them out in these abnormal kidding positions for example if you pull out with feet first or if you pull out with butt right. first make sure that you have somebody there with you if possible that has a towel in their hand so as soon as you get that kid out they can wipe that crap mm -hmm. off their face because the second the umbilical cord breaks that baby takes yep. a breath yep. and so you want to make sure that you have the nose and the face right. cleared as much as absolutely possible so that your baby doesn't drown. Um, when you're pulling out a, a kid that only has one leg and a head um, or just a head, it's not necessarily a good thing to pull a kid out at a position like that. If it's if the dam is a yearling or if it's a doe with a really narrow rump or something like that. So you, you, these are all learning. These are all unfortunate experiences that you yeah. learn from. Um, <laughs> now, now breeding when you're breeding, because this interests me because this is my first year breeding uh, March kids. 
when you're breeding juniors that are of weight and should be able to handle the kidding no problem do you see more issues with those juniors or is it just a crapshoot as far as their build you know with the mm. rump being yes. adequate Answer size first. And all that? <laughs> you're actually the you're actually the guest star i'm just i'm just crashing this party <laughs> <love her> <laughs> Um, I, I honestly, I don't notice that much of a difference, um, other than like when they heal after, like they're, they're private, mm-hmm. oh. puffier and not, you know, yeah, their poor vulvas are so swollen when they're your and, and that's another thing I have at the ready is I have preparation H to put on there, but, um, I forgot about that, but yeah. Bingo. Yeah, so um No bingo, you, know, you, you nailed it. Perfect. With That's what I was looking for. And um just as much as I've had to go in with um if I've had to go in with <laughs> that open <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, That'd be me. Jen laughing in the background. Sorry. Funny. <laughs> um, you know, I and it's as long as you make sure that you're breeding them at the appropriate weight, they shouldn't have an issue. Um, the only thing, like, you know, when you're feeding them, just don't overfeed them toward the end so the babies don't get huge. And then um, I think I, I agree. think that Brandy, you might have said it to, or maybe it was, I think it was Brandy that said looting them a little bit earlier. Um, just, or, yes. you know, if, if you see that the kid maybe only has a single, mm-hmm. you know, if you did an ultrasound, you a little earlier just watching their feed um that, that's fine. so do you cut them off grain at a certain point when they have when you've ultrasounded them and you found that they have a single or do you um, i mob feed, just so feed them with the group every, and really and I, send it. they probably get minimal amount of grain honestly right, it's more too. just to keep them quiet because if i don't feed them grain they just all scream so really they if if I know a, a doe has like four mm-hmm. then I'll up her feed. Um if I if she has a single I'll just watch and make sure that you okay. know they're not overweight. Like you can tell if they get kind of chubby. Um but and then like if like I said if if I notice like a yearling has a single I'll probably loot her a little bit early um just so that that the kid doesn't get big and then be prepared, you yeah. know? And that's why I love having an ultrasound machine is because I can kind of prepare myself a little bit that way. Um, be prepared to have to pull a kid if it's too big, you know? So, but, but. Otherwise I- yeah. Yeah. We have one that had been ultrasounded and she was at either a single, maybe twins so I've been watching her. Uh, she's not enormous by any means uh, as far as, you know, width goes when they're carrying at a younger age. They tend to be pretty wide. Yeah. Uh, but she's very deep. She's a good doe. I think she'll be fine. Uh, but I have been monitoring as I feed three <laughs> does in that pen and they get a scoop that isn't as much as my bucks Can get, I- Jess. Can I jump in here yeah, a no. little bit? Jump in. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So um, I used to do what's called what they referred to as lead feed. 
Do you guys recognize that term? <laughs> okay. Um, I so don't. lead feed is generally when you uh, you keep them dry or you keep them off grain while during the from the their whole dry time. Whether you dry them off right after they're bred or you dry them off at 60 days prior to kidding or whatever. Lead feed is when you keep them <clears throat> off grain um, the whole time that they're pregnant or dry until two weeks before they kid. That's lead feed. Um, so <clears throat> what I have discovered okay. with Oberhosley, and this is not necessarily true with any other breeds, um, but with Oberhosley, because the heads on the kids tend to be so large, especially single butt kids, um, yes. graining is a bad idea. <laughs> when you, if you grain your dry does at all, um, the babies tend to be very big and it doesn't matter how wide the rumps are, how wide the pins are, how wide the hips are, how flat the rumps are. If the, if you grain an overhausley, a dry overhausley dough, her kids are going to generally be too large for her to have. I have lost. <laughs> well, great. Great. Now what? I'm panicking. He's freaking out. Cool. This is just, this may not be other herds. There are other herds that probably should in, in, in other parts of the country that maybe have different hay, et cetera, that do need to grain their does while they're pregnant. Where the hay that I have in the area that I live in, if I grain my does, it creates kidding issues. Um, I think that everybody needs okay. to adjust their uh, graining and their management to their own personal areas. Um, so uh, I cannot, mm -hmm. I don't start graining my does until about two days before they kid which is really sad. And the only reason that I grain them that at that time is so that they're used to eating a little bit of grain. So I have found that <laughs> feeding grain to does before two days or so. Stop. <laughs> I'm really proud. Um, I know. Right. Um, the only reason that I feed grain two days before they kid is so that they are used to eating the grain without getting a bellyache because right. you know how, how ravenous they are after they kid. If you, if you give them as much grain as they want to eat and they're not used to eating it, they get the poops yep. and mm -hmm. then they go up eat and everything else. So you, um, I, I make sure that I grain them a couple days before they kid, and then I limit their grain for a couple of weeks. I mean, seriously limit their grain half a pound after they kid. Yep. So even though they're eating all of it and they act like they're starving to death, they don't get any more because they, they will eat until they make themselves sick yep. after they kid. Yep. And, and so that's what I do to limit kid size, um, especially on singles. And another thing I do, which you guys obviously touched on before, 
and I wasn't involved in the conversation. Um, you loot early. I loot early. If I know Adoa's having a single, that's actually how I lost my 2019 national champion was I thought she had triplets and she had a single and I did not loot her. I went, let her go to term and that butt kid was 19 pounds oh when he God. was born. Oh my goodness. I didn't realize you were so big. Wow. I knew he was big, but it was, it was the most horrific hitting that Emma and Pete and I have ever been through. Um, and to this day, Emma and I will start tearing up and crying and Pete won't talk about it. It was so terrible. Um, and the doe died about 36 hours later because she had a apparently had a teeny tiny uterine tear and um, she bled to death. Yep. And so it, it is extremely important that you don't brain and you pay attention. If you have the ability, if you have an ultrasound machine and you can count kids, it's really important. But at this point, after losing Joyous, I'm kidding everybody out early. Mm -hmm. The diva is due on February 8th. I'm kidding her out on February 1st because I thought she had triplets last year and she had a single and I almost lost her too. So I'm just not going to even, I, I, I'm, I just don't even want to, I can't, my heart can't take any more of that. I remember those conversations between you and I, and I'll keep those private. Brandy, but it, it takes a toll. Uh, yeah, and personally, I for my herd, uh, this is my fourth breeding uh, kidding season. Uh, I've had where I I feed. It's not even two quarts. It's less than two quarts of feed for uh, multiple does on each side, um, and that's not each. That's total. <laughs> and and <laughs> just want to make sure that Jessica knows that. <laughs> and. And they, they <laughs> I apparently feed them, off, but I, I really don't. I don't. <laughs> so I, I feed throughout. Now I probably will cut back the last couple <laughs> weeks. I have, I have spoken to a vet uh, about this, and she specializes in goats in our area, and she's who everybody turns to. And we have mm -hmm. lots of performance herds, and and she's she's advised me that the last three weeks is when the it, the growth goes to the fetus, right? So my juniors they're still growing, they're they're kids, they're still they're still getting, you know, through their their stages of growth. Uh, so so she advised me to keep feeding that that grain and and quality hay, uh, but not overdoing it. And there's there's a nice balance there. So I would suggest anybody that's listening. To definitely know your animals and what they're capable of and and reaching out to a nutritionist or your vet about what you need to do for your personal animals in your area. Oh, yes. Yes. You, and it's... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and, and if you have the opportunity, you need a, you need someone like, you know, Emma around to help, you know, with the kidding. You know, it seems like... Uh... <laughs> oh. Yes. If you have kids that are involved, it is so important that you have somebody help you. Even if all they're doing is standing there holding a towel. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you have the kid, you can hand it to them, especially in a doe that's has struggling or having issues. That way you don't have to worry about the baby. Or you can just... Someone. You can just, or, or even someone with small hands, like Emma says, she has very small hands. I have very big hands. I am not a small woman by any stretch of the imagination. 
Either am I. And some of the young girls <laughs> heard me. I said, either am I. I'm not, I'm not a small woman either. I'm not a small woman either. No. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> anyway, Emma has very small hands. And so on some of your smaller does, you know, like your second fresheners or whatever, mm-hmm. or does that have a ton of kids that she needs to go in and be able to figure out what's going on. Um, uh, smaller hands, smaller arms. Those are amazing. They are. They, are, they really are. They are. Maria, she told, can she, <laughs> has she got me? Yes, she has. And in fact, our first doe who's due uh, middle of uh, this upcoming week uh, was her first doe to reach up in and, and have to help with we had a her first experience was a 12 pound buck kid that we had to bring out of this though um unfortunately you know kind of he didn't make it um when this happened this doe was a yearling first freshener and passing a 12 pound buck kid through a yearling hip was was rough and it was rough on maria because the doe was hers um (gasps) Pepper, so um, so for her it was it's a bit rough, but at the same time she has been there and been willing to reach up in and help with other does who successfully had you know live kiddings. So it, it it's good. It's also good for her to have good role models, you know, and yes. uh, you know to to say you know right here on, you know on the pad, podcast here you know Emma's been a pretty good role model for a lot of. Uh, young kids in 4-H you as far as dealing with you know she just walked out I gotta I'm gonna give my kid a plug so um she she milks uh, in the more I milk in the morning and Emma milks at night and when I milk in the morning it's like "Eh, when I get around to it (laughs) I'll go (laughs) oh it's awful do I, do I work today? Yes, I do. I probably should milk on time so I can leave for work on time. Um, do I work today? No, I don't. Eh, I'll get out and milk the goats whenever I want to. Right. So I'm major slacker, big time major slacker. Emma, on the other hand, is it doesn't six o'clock. Boom. That kid goes out to milk. And I mean, it doesn't matter. She, she just walked out. And the only reason she only walked out 15 minutes ago or just now and 15 minutes late is because her brother had the cell phone, which she listens to music while she's mm. milking. Uh. That is the only reason she's late because it at six o'clock, that child goes out to milk. Aww. She is so timely and so awesome. I'm like, Oh, I really need to take, I need to take lessons from my child. <laughs> Sometimes I think we all do. <laughs> I know. See, John, what you have to look forward to. Yep. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, if you, if, the thing is, is if you, t- if you, if they, if you are so uh, rigid. <laughs> That's what's see. I was rigid teaching my kids, but I'm not rigid with myself. I need to be rigid with teaching myself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I need to read myself. Yes. I want to end this podcast on a tip from each of us uh, to people who are new or people who are 
uh, veterans in kidding season, uh, what's one tip that you take away every year from yourself uh, and remind yourself every year as far as what what to expect for kidding season and what to remember for kidding season? And I'll start with myself uh, as an example. Uh, for me and for anybody listening, the one thing I want to say is, is don't, I know, I know kidding season stressful. I stress about it every year, but just to just keep calm in the throes of when a doe is kidding and, and stick to your protocols, right? Don't, don't worry about anything outside. Just focus on what you're doing and, and hopefully you'll come out successfully. So that's my, that's my uh, go-to every year. And I, I'm anxious to hear what you guys have to think. Jessica? Why do I got to go next? What? <laughs> um, John, Jessica? star. <laughs> um, take lots of naps ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that way you're not overly tired when that breach comes out. <laughs> exactly. See? <laughs> what I say you can use. Um, and just make sure that you have everything, like, you're mentally prepared. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, if you have to write things out, write things out, um, get everything ready. And that way, it kind of takes some stress off of you. So if you have mm-hmm. everything all ready to go, um, you know, if you have cameras, get your cameras getting up and working, like, weeks ahead of time. Um, and make sure you have all of your supplies on hand ahead of time and like i said Mm -hmm. rest get as much rest as you can um so that you're you when a kid is presenting with their back feet you know what you gotta do (laughs) 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 no perfect not not pointing any fingers no (laughs) yeah i'll point a finger uh jen what do you have to think about that (laughs) when you see the back feet (laughs) pull them out (laughs) <laughs> and wipe off the nose quickly. <laughs> no, I guess it goes back to yours, John, where it's stay calm and you know, even when you have to reach in and manipulate a kid around, take a deep breath and just calm down, visualize where that kid's at and the calmer you can be, the calmer it helps the doe be and mm-hmm. you have a better outcome kidding season really is so stressful. I stress until I see those front feet and then I can pop down. Everything's going well after that, but up until that point, that's in game and just stay calm. Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, We'll go with Brandy and then Nate. Brandy. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I, I hate to be a negative Nelly, um, but Listen, even if something's bad, it, it yeah, it is real. And even though bad things happen, you um, always have so many more positives and you always have next year, depending on how many animals you have. Um, you might lose amazing does. You might lose that kid that you were so excited to have bred and that came to fruition and then suddenly died when it was 
when it was born or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Kidding season is very heartbreaking, but at the same time, um, I think that what separates goat people or livestock people in general from the majority of the population is that um, no matter how much heartbreak we have, we always hold on to that hope, Mm -hmm. that hope that the next kid is going to be okay, or the next breeding is going to turn out amazing, or next year is going to be better. Um, we, we cling to that constant sense of hope that it's going to be okay. And, um, even if you have a bad kidding year, there's, there's always next year, next year is going to be better. We always, always have that hope that next year is going to be amazing or the year after that or whatever, something's going to be amazing. There's always hope, never lose the hope. Love it. And we'll finish off with Nate. You know, I'm going to go with, um, you can sound up, having help, whether that help is physical, having a, an extra mm-hmm. hand help you reach in there and, and, and feel for that kid up inside that dough, whether it's uh, another breeder who you could pick up at the phone and call or, or you can message, you know, for advice. Or even, and this is something that I think in the past year many of us have needed, that friend you can reach out to to say, crap, I lost her, I lost the kid. You know, and just, you know, someone to help hold you up. You know, we're all in this together. Yep. We're all in this together. And sometimes we just need each other to be there whether it's physically with a, you know, helping physically with the freshening or whether it's to be there for moral support. And we're all in this. It is the toughest time of year. It's full of hopes, dreams, and sorrows. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, there have been times, you know, we've contacted any of the three of you, you know, with frustrations and with questions and, and with joys even. Um, so um, I think really what you need, you need to have a, a group of people that you can turn to mm-hmm. um, in one way or another. And Absolutely. that would be my advice. And that's, uh, with that said, that's really the basis of where this podcast started was with COVID hitting and all of us looking for so- for someone to talk to uh, throughout all of this craziness with everything being canceled and just know that even though it's not kidding season, uh, all of us that are on this podcast right now are here for the listeners. If you have any questions or any answers, Nate and I, I'm sure Jen, I'm sure Jessica, I'm sure Brandy, for sure Brandy, because she answers anybody. I didn't even know who she was when I first messaged her. And <laughs> I, I, every, we're all here for each other. That's what the GOAT community is about. Uh, and it's just... Just persevere. That's all you can do during kidding season is do what you know. Stick with your plans. Know that you have a backup system with all of those kidding supplies, the kidding pens, everything that you've done uh, to set up for kidding season, and, and you'll be fine. Just just breathe, relax, and work through it. 
and, and know that you have that I I I am here for anybody in because I, I remember being a newbie and I remember to I remember calling old timers and going, Oh my God, what do I do? I remember calling a sheep lady and she came to my house at two o'clock in the morning and pulled kids for me. And wow. it's, and I, even though I'm in an area where I might not necessarily be able to help other podcast listeners, <laughs> um, but we, um, the, the, always we are all in this together just like john said we're all in this together on some way shape or form and we can get each other through kidding season either physically or emotionally or knowledgeably yeah for sure so so guys i'm going to wrap this up i would like to thank jessica miller of garden view farm uh dairy goats uh jennifer funk of Half Barn Farm and special guest, surprise guest, Randy Giacchino of Van Just. <laughs> and he's very nice. I've had well, lots of practice, okay? We're 27 episodes in. I should know it by now. <laughs> <laughs> we only mention Brandy every other episode. So I should be able to get it by now. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you, Randy. I, thank guys, you. yeah, because, thank you, everybody. Thank I appreciate you. it. But everybody thank you so much one- for letting me crash. Oh, let, thank you for letting me crash the party. I had so much fun. I really appreciate you letting me come in and join the conversation because this was amazing. Oh, of course. Well, all the listeners, thank you for joining the drink cast Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> this is John. That's Nate. Yep. Thank you for joining us on Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.